first time. You know, I love that song. That's the first time I've ever, ever actually heard that song sung in a church service. Thank you, brother. That's the first time I've ever actually heard that song sung, and so I appreciate them singing that uh, this evening. But let's go ahead and get this put on this evening, all right? Psalm 23, if you would. Psalm 23. As we come to this portion of Scripture, there, there's so much here. Um, I believe it was back in, uh, I want to say either 2017, uh, maybe uh, the summer of 2017, maybe 2018, uh, that I had spent the entire time that we were on vacation. One of the things that I will try to do is with the spare time that we have on vacation, um, I'll, I'll go on the back deck or sometimes even in the house and I'll try to just spend some time reading um, and, and studying in such a way where it's not necessarily studying to preach, but just studying a portion of scripture. Sometimes I just do some reading. And one of the summers, I can't remember which one it was, I just spent the entire vacation uh, that summer reading and studying Psalm 23. And uh, that summer, it, it, it enlightened me. What year was it? 2018? 2018. Uh, it just it brought Psalm 23 really to life in my personal life, and, and it was an encouraging thing. And so I want to bring some things out to you this evening that I pray will be a help to you. How many of you uh, have, would say tonight that you have personally done a study, a, a in-depth study of the book of Psalm, but specifically Psalm 23? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just a few of you. Well, I, I pray that this will be a help to you. Look with me if you would. Verse number 1, Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now last week we looked at a couple of things, and again, uh, we'll be looking at the, the book, of, uh, or specifically Psalm 23, for quite a while because there's so much here. But last week, just to kind of highlight a little bit of what we looked at in the first few verses here, verses 1 through 3, we saw the provision of the shepherd here. And uh, as you begin to read those first three verses of Psalm 23, you see that provision in statements like this, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. He restoreth. He leadeth. Again, all of those statements right there speaking of the provision of God but the greatest provision of God that you see concerning the shepherd's provision is found in the very first few words and that is the Lord is my shepherd why is that the greatest provision that we see in this portion of scripture? because that is referencing to that simple understanding that hey if you've accepted Christ as your personal savior then the Lord is your shepherd that's the greatest provision that anyone could offer is eternal security in heaven with the heavenly father one day and what a blessing that is as you read those first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, again, last week we placed an emphasis. If you were to read Psalm 23, you could read it in a couple of ways. The Lord is my shepherd, placing an emphasis on that word my. The Lord is my shepherd. You could place an emphasis on the word shepherd. The Lord is, that word right there, is, is a word that we would overlook sometimes. You could place it on the Lord is my shepherd. Again, you could place it on any one of those, and where you place the emphasis is what the word that you would be dealing with. And as you continue to read Psalm 23, you begin to not only see the provision of God, but you also see the protection of the shepherd here. In verses 4 on down, you see it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice this statement, I will fear no evil. Why? 
for thou art with me. Verse number five, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Verse number six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, that statement at the very end of Psalm 23, as we dealt with last week, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That word dwell speaks of to be at home. Uh, to be at home, to be at rest, to be at ease, if you would. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That word house speaks of the household. And that statement as a whole, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, is the desired end. And all of it comes together and forms together. And so as you come to Psalm 23, there are some things to note because Psalm 23, 22, and also 24 all go hand in hand together. Now, some of you probably heard this before as you begin to, to look at this trilogy just a little bit. But in verse number, I mean, in Psalm 22, it speaks of the good shepherd. It speaks of really simply that he gave his life. In verse, uh, Psalm 23 begins to deal with the great shepherd, that he meets our needs. And that's what Psalm 23 begins to deal with, all of the needs that the shepherd meets. Psalm 24 begins to speak of the chief shepherd and that he has delivered us from sin. And you begin to study those out and they go hand in hand and you follow everything down and so where do we find ourselves right this very moment today as you look at psalm 22 you look at the past in psalm 23 you look at the present psalm 24 you look at the future and in psalm 23 you come to six short verses but in those six short verses you begin to see very simply 11 different things that deal specifically with us and how he is personal to us and all of the different characteristics of our shepherd in just Psalm 23, in those six short verses, you begin to see Jehovah in many different forms here today. And so this evening, as we begin to, to walk through this portion of Scripture, we come to verse number one once again. And as we look at these six verses for a couple of weeks, I pray that you don't get tired of it. I pray you don't get tired of studying just six verses, because as you study Scripture, you'll find the, de the deeper you dig, the more delightful he becomes. Uh, you almost stand in awe of very simple just how wonderful the Savior is. And so notice with me, if you would, let's jump right into it. The Lord is my shepherd. And notice with me that statement again, the Lord is my shepherd. You begin to see Jehovah, Jehovah Rohi, that statement, the shepherd here, and what a wonderful shepherd he is. Now, this evening, if you are a child of God and you can say that statement, the Lord is my shepherd. I want to encourage you, don't say it in such a way where you are unsure. I, the Lord is my shepherd. No, 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 no. If you're, if you're a child of God, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, he, it's not, I hope he's my shepherd. Look, one of the things that we find to be true in the word of God is that there's no such thing as a hope so salvation. There's no such thing as a maybe so salvation. The word of God deals with a no so salvation that you can know that you're a child of God. And this evening, if you've come to the house of God and you know that you're a child of God, then don't say it in such a way where you're saying it like, the Lord is my shepherd, I think. No, 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 no. Say it with confidence. The Lord is my shepherd. That is my God. That is my Savior. The Lord is my shepherd. And as you come to this portion of Scripture and you begin to see that word shepherd, could I encourage you to take joy and take pleasure that you serve a, a risen Savior, but that he is a shepherding Savior. You see, one of the things we find to be true about the, the shepherding aspect of all of this is that whenever you go to that statement, the Lord is my shepherd, you come to realize that there is a, a sheep-shepherd relationship that is being illustrated here. Now, some of you might not be familiar with sheep, but sheep are really, they're not real bright animals, if you would. Uh, they're, they're, they're somewhat what we would say, uh, not the smartest of animals, if you were. That's a kind way to say it. 
And so you come to this sheep-shepherd relationship and some of the things that begin to be evident in this portion of Scripture in just those first five words. You say, so you're saying that there is a message just in the first five words concerning the sheep and shepherd relationship. Yes, there is. Notice with me the first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. You begin to see that when this sheep-shepherd relationship, that the shepherd begins to help the sheep receive sight. And there is a guiding process. There is a, a, a process where the shepherd begins to walk with the sheep and reveal certain things and help them to see things. I'm so thankful. You know, we sing some hymns that are very, very uh, wonderful. And you think about songs like, I saw the light. I saw the light. You think about certain things like that. And there came a day in every single one of our lives, if you are a Christian today, where you were sitting in that seat. Maybe you were sitting in a service at your home church growing up. Maybe you were sitting at a revival service. Maybe you were sitting at a church camp. Maybe you were sitting in your own home when all of a sudden you began to realize that, hey, I'm not a child of God. If I were to die right now, I would spend eternity in hell. And you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, and all of a sudden you received sight. I once was lost, but now I'm found. What a wonderful blessing, the sheep-shepherd relationship and the sight that is received. You see, not only do you gain sight, if you would, but notice that statement again, the Lord is my shepherd. Now you have a shepherd. Now you have a shepherd. You know, one of the, the hardest ministries, I believe anyone who has worked in the bus ministry would agree, the bus ministry is a hard ministry, it's a rewarding ministry, but it can often be a sad ministry. There have been times whenever we have picked up kids who you're picking those children up and as you're bringing them to church, all they want is for someone to love them. They're just wanting someone to, uh, to, to just sit next to them or maybe they're just wanting someone to let them know that, hey, we love you. Maybe they're just wanting a hug. You just never know with some of those children. And it begins to, to, to help us to realize that this statement right here, the Lord is my shepherd, there is a time whenever you and I were longing and we were saying there's got to be more to this and you're wanting to, to, be, to, to understand all that was there for you. And there are times whenever you are sitting there and you're struggling and you can run to a shepherd, a savior, who will speak that still small voice, I'm here. I remember a story that was told, we were sitting in, a service, I believe it was a Baptist friends meeting at the time when we were in college. I can't remember what year necessarily, but I remember a preacher that had gotten up and he was talking and he was sharing a story that was a personal account in his own life. In that personal account, he was beginning to talk about a neighborhood that he lived in and he was uh, in his house one day and there were some dogs in the neighborhood that were a little bit of, uh, rougher dogs, if you would. They hadn't been trained properly, I guess, or whatever the case might have been. And He was talking about being in his house, and his little girl was outside riding her bike or whatever she was doing. And he is standing in his house, and all of a sudden, he begins to hear some screaming as he is in his house. And he, he kind of walks outside of his house, and he hears his daughter yelling, Daddy, at the top of her lungs. Screaming, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. If it wasn't for the acoustics and me blowing your ears out, I illustrated just how he did. But she's screaming at the top of her lungs, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And she is laying on the ground, and one of the dogs had their jaws wrapped around her head. He goes over to the dogs and begins to pry the, the dogs off of his, his daughter's head as she is screaming for her daddy. 
And I'll never forget that, that, that story that he began to tell because there are times in our own lives where we might feel as though we've got a, a dog's jaws wrapped around us and all we need is our daddy there, our heavenly father. And we begin to cry out to the Lord and we begin to acknowledge that we need him in that exact moment. Can I share with you, I'm so thankful that there have been times in my own personal life whenever my, my earthly father might have failed me and even my, my earthly stepfather might have failed me because they're not perfect. But there's never been a time when my heavenly father has failed me. The times when I have cried out, Father, I need you, he's always been there. And as you come to this statement right here, the Lord is my shepherd, you begin to realize that as a sheep you gained a shepherd that always has his eyes on you. I don't know how many people are here this evening, but one of the comforting things about our shepherd is that he has his eyes on every single one of his sheep this evening. As you walk out the doors of the church, you might be thinking, no one is paying attention to me. Can I share with you, the shepherd is. He's watching his children. He's paying attention to his children. He's trying to guide his children where they need to go. This statement right here, the Lord is my shepherd. The sheep have now found safety. Before you ever accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you were doomed to an eternal hell. That was your life course. You were headed to hell. And there came a time in your life, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, where all of a sudden you accepted Christ as your personal Savior and your eternal security is set. You don't have to worry about the safety net any longer. You don't have to worry about what, what, what about the, the eternity. The eternity is set. You have found that Jesus settled it all on the cross. As he died, as he buried, as he rose again. And you have that safety, that eternal security in your life. You see, that statement, the Lord is my shepherd, it might just seem like five words. And sometimes we don't just look at it and say, oh, it's just the Lord is my shepherd. No, it's much more than that. It's much more than that. If you were just to pause, and I encourage you to do this, I'm not just saying, I encourage you to read Psalm 23 on a daily basis and really read it with intent of saying, Lord, speak to me, show me what you have for me this day to reflect upon. Those five words, the Lord is my shepherd, I love those five words. You know, there there are times whenever you begin to think about children and their parents, and, and some of you know this, that children love to tell people who their daddy is and who their mommy is. And uh, there are times whenever, you know, I shared with you a while back that I have to speak in code here because he's still in here. But uh, my son believes that I am C-A-P-T-A-I-N America. And uh, he he still has bought into that. Some of you are still trying to figure out what that first word is right now. Look, don't hurt yourselves, all right? He's got a shield. That's all I'll say. That might give it away for you. But he believes it, man. And uh, we'll be sitting there sometimes, and he'll say, Dad, let me feel your muscles. And so I'll, I'll go ahead and flex for him a second. He'll go, makes me feel good. Makes me feel good. And then I see Braxton and Tanner walking in here, and I feel small again. But he, he really believes it. He's bought into it. And he'll let people know, that is my daddy, just like that. You know, he'd do some good for Christians to let the world know who our Heavenly Father is. Oh, let me tell you about my, my Heavenly Father. Oh, man, what, what a Father He truly is. The Lord is my shepherd. You say, oh, it's just five words. No, it's more than that. So much more than that. 
If you have only looked at those first five words and you have devalued those first five words in your own personal life, you are missing out on all that the Lord wants you to see. The personal shepherd that he is. You see, as you continue reading on, you begin to see not only Jehovah Rohi, but that statement, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you see, Jehovah Jireh here. I shall not want speaks of a, a provider. You see, that shepherding is to pasture someone, that, that Rohi to pasture, to see, to overlook. But Jehovah Jireh, to the provider, if you would. And whenever you begin to think about the provider, you begin to think about him leading us and him guarding us and him feeding us and him accompanying us, all of those things. And one preacher was preaching one time and he put it this way, what contentment he feeds us, what security he protects us, what sweetness of fellowship he goes with us, what sense of value he never takes his eyes off of us. That's your shepherd. That's your shepherd. There are times whenever we might be walking through a store and and our kids are not paying attention, and so we'll just kind of step back for just a few minutes, and we'll still have our eyes on them, but they can't see us, just to see how they will respond. If Holly turns around, she's screaming bloody murder. Jackson, he's going he's gonna to panic for a second, but he's going to run around a couple of aisles and look. But we've got our eyes on them, and we're watching them. And I sometimes imagine the Heavenly Father, sometimes we feel as though we're turning and we're looking for him. We can't find him, but he's, he's just standing there and he says, oh, I still see you. I haven't taken my eyes off of you. I see everything that's going on. Hey, you're, you're frantic. Don't, don't worry. Don't, it's okay. I shall not want. You see, this statement of I shall not want is a comforting one because he does truly provide all that we need. That statement, I shall not want, speaks of to go without. And sometimes in our own personal lives, we might think, you know what, I, I, I don't have everything that I need. No, you do. Sometimes we have to really come back to this, this thought of understanding that there is a difference in a need and a want. Now, as a child, whenever my parents would tell me that all the time, I, I, I just didn't like that statement. And even to my children, I get that they don't like it, but from a biblical perspective, I have realized that truly there are some things that I will acknowledge that, Lord, I don't need this. It's a want. Because everything that I've needed, God has provided. And whenever I've needed comfort, he's provided comfort. Whenever I've needed some strength, he's provided strength. Whenever I've needed discernment and wisdom and understanding, he's provided all of those things. And you could fill in the blank. Whatever you have needed, whatever it is, God has provided it in his timing. And that statement, I shall not want, is a comforting one because it allows us as the, the sheep to rest in knowing that our shepherd is going to take care of his children. He's never going to let us go without. He's never going to allow us to not have everything that we need in this present moment. Again, the need that we have, he will meet. And what a comforting thing that is. Understanding that he's always going to provide. Notice with me as you continue reading on down, you see the statement, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He maketh me to lie, lie, lie down in green pastures. This statement, maketh as we dealt with a couple of weeks ago, is that, that causative, if you would. He brings the conditions necessary to give us such an opportunity to make resting possible. Now, one of the things that we all experience sometimes is those restful or restless evenings. I was, you, you ever, you don't really, sometimes you might be like this, where you don't quite understand how this happens, but you'll be dragging all day, and you are dead tired. You're thinking, man, I, if I could get to bed at 6 p.m., I would be, I'd be okay with that. And, but you, you stick it out, and you stay up until about 10 o'clock, then when it's time to go to bed, you can't go to sleep, right? 
And you're thinking, how in the world is this it's happening? And you're trying to turn your mind off. And so what do you do? You, you're laying there. All right, stop thinking. Stop thinking. <laughs> you know, you're just sitting there. You're trying to turn that brain off. All right, don't, don't think about that. And you, you spent, Lord, help me to fall asleep. Lord, help me to fall asleep. I mean, you keep, I mean, you're doing everything you can. You're just restless. Sometimes we begin to acknowledge he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. This word causative here, maketh. You see, one of the things that you will find when it comes to sheep is the more you study sheep and the shepherd relationship, there are certain things that sheep need for themselves to truly be able to find peaceful rest. And it's an amazing thing as you begin to, to find those four needs that sheep will have. And there are needs that we as well spiritually have needs of today. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Notice these four things, if you would, concerning the sheep. Sheep need, number one, a full stomach. A full stomach. And as you begin to think about that full stomach, they no longer hunger. and they're, they're, That always follows a good meal. And after they have found that no, that full stomach, they're able to truly and fully rest because they're nourished. And you want to know why some Christians just aren't getting the proper rest in the Lord that like they're desiring? Because they're feeding on filth. Let's just call it what it is. We, 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 we begin to find ourselves saying, Lord, I just am not, I'm not finding the rest. I'm not at peace with everything. I don't know what's going on. And the Lord's trying to reveal to us, well, what are you feeding on? You're, you're trying to feed on stuff that you were never meant to feed on. And if you just find yourself feeding on the word of God, you become fully nourished. You're full. Your stomach is, is full. You're no longer uh, dealing with, with anything that's going to upset your stomach. I begin to think about at times whenever you are maybe on a diet or something and you're eating food that is proper and healthy for you and you feel better, don't you? You drink water, you feel much better. And there are times whenever you might be in a season where you're just eating terribly and after you eat certain meals, you just feel disgusting. I mean, it just hurts your stomach. And uh, there, there are times whenever right afterwards you're, you're sitting there saying, I wish I wouldn't have eaten that. I refuse to eat Taco Bell. Anyone out here love Taco Bell? Oh, I'm in bad standing right here. I'm just going to tell you right now, that place is disgusting, all right? Will you forgive me? <laughs> I refuse to eat Taco Bell. And whenever I have eaten Taco Bell, after I've eaten Taco Bell, I always regret it. And I begin to think about that, that, that illustration there sometimes. Whenever we are supposed to be feeding on something that's going to provide the proper nutrition, it's going to provide exactly what we need, but sometimes we set this to the side and we feed on the, the filth of this world. We feed on the news that's just going to discourage us. We feed on the negative people that are around us, and we feed into all of that negativity. We feed on the, the sinful habits that are around us and the things that people are uh, participating in. This morning in our Sunday school class, we were dealing with taking a stand for truth, and we were talking about who is Gateway. Gateway ought to be a church that stands for truth and stands on the word of truth. And we begin to see that sometimes we begin to set aside the standing for truth because we want to fit in with the crowd feeding on the filth of this world. The sheep here say he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And when I first read that portion of scripture, I began to think that he, he may, he literally made. And no, it's not such a way that he is physically making you. It's something that you just can't help but know. 
You just have to. A couple of years ago, I was struggling. Some of you might remember this, but I was struggling with my voice. My voice kept going out whenever I was preaching. And I, I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to cut out uh, all Pepsi. I love Pepsi. I have to cut out all sweet tea. I love sweet tea. And I had to cut out some of those things because I said it, it, I need to get my voice strengthened. I mean, I was having to drink three or four uh, teas of the throat coat every single time that I was done preaching because I was not properly taking care of my voice. So I cut all of that out for an entire year, and I found that when I just drank water for that entire year, matter of fact, the one time that I broke that, I was still drinking water, and we had a youth activity that I went to, and I had to drink a Dr. Pepper. And, uh, but I, as I found that I was just drinking water, that I didn't desire to have sweet tea anymore. I didn't desire to have the Pepsi. I just enjoyed the water. I felt better, and I, I didn't have to worry about all of those things. The, the conditions, if you would, made it to where it was an easy decision. A full stomach, when you find yourself getting into the Word of God and you're feeding on the things that are going to feed the spirit and not the flesh, it's an easy decision. The Lord causes us the full stomach that sheep need. Sometimes we find not only a full stomach, but also the freedom from parasites, flies, and pets. You see, sometimes the bites and the itching would cause unrest and infection, but the shepherd would begin to take care of the sheep in such a way where they didn't have to worry about that any longer. You know how we can relate this. Sometimes there's going to be situations where there are, there are flies and pests in our lives, and the Lord will begin to take care of them for us. Situations where you would begin to take someone who may be an enemy, someone who hates God, someone who wants nothing to do with the Lord and begins to deal with that person for you. God begins to take care of them. Freedom from fear. The sheep no longer have to worry if a wolf is lurking or another predator. They cannot rest and someone must be on guard and safely they can be felt by that. And so the sheep would begin to be at rest because they knew the shepherd would take care of any lurking predators. Over the last couple of weeks and really as I shared in our Sunday school hour the last year or so, the, the Lord has blessed our church because of the steps of faith that we have taken. I truly believe that. And some of you in your own personal lives have also taken some steps of faith, and the Lord will continue to bless that as well. Faith ought to be exercised. Faith is not something for us just to talk about. It's something for us to act upon. And I believe that when faith is acted upon, that Satan doesn't like it too much. And one of the things that, that is evident oftentimes after a step of faith is that a trial or some form of persecution follows. And one of the things that I take great comfort in is knowing, as I made mention of this, that we can take it and just give it to the Lord and we can ask Him to protect us. So the last couple of weeks I've been praying. I've been praying that God would protect the families within our church. I believe if God can disrupt a church, He's going to start within the church and with the families of the church. He's going to try to disrupt the homes of the church. Men, could I encourage you, right now is a time whenever we as a church need men to lead the homes. Because if the men aren't leading the homes, and the homes are going to be disruptive, and all of a sudden the disruption is going to be coming into the church, and all of a sudden we will give Satan a victory because of that. We need the men to lead the homes at this time. You begin to think about not only praying for the families, but I'm praying for the leadership within the church. 
We need God to guide the leadership in the church and make sure that we as a church are following the Lord. Can I encourage you? Never, never, never can you or should you say, you know what, I'm just going to make sure that I only follow the pastor because sometimes you'll realize I'm going to let you down. But God never will. Pray that I follow the Lord and in turn that we as a church will follow the Lord. I'm praying for, for the children of the church, that God would protect the children within the church because, listen, the day and age in which we are living in, 20 years ago is different than now. 40 years ago is different than now. The children need protection, and so I'm praying protection in all of these different forms and asking God, Lord, protect our church. But we need you now. And one of the things that you find concerning this statement, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, is that the, the sheep needed the shepherd to protect them. Why? So that we could understand that they needed peace. And one of the things we find to be true is that whenever we put these things in the Lord's hand, he just gives peace like only he can give. Jackson and Holly sometimes will come out of their rooms and they'll say, we're afraid of the dark. Some of you might have children that try to play that card sometimes too. And uh, one of the things that we have done many, many times, and we w- will say this, we're outside the door, you don't have to worry. So I'll turn the light off, tell them to get in their beds, and they'll go to bed perfectly fine. Why? Because Daddy and Mommy said, hey, we're right here. Can I share with you that our Heavenly Father, the great shepherd that we serve, is right there. So what's the final thing? And we'll close with this this evening for sake of time. They find the four needs of full stomach, freedom from parasites and flies and pests, freedom from fear, but freedom from among fighting in the flock. It is understood, and we'll fast forward here in just a few moments, but one of the things that we find to be true is that no rivalry can be present for the sheep to rest. As you begin to think about within the local church, one of the things that Satan desires is to get us fighting amongst each other. Who's the greatest, right? Uh, who, who, who can voice the, the, the strongest opinion and who can, who can be pinned against each other? And it's been said that men who have tended to sheep for many years tell of a custom that is inherent to any of the flock. It's called the establishment of the budding order. Any of you heard of this before? And usually this is something that begins to take place with rams, and the the young sheep fight each other to gain the attention of the girls, the ewes, if you would, in the pasture. They literally, the two sheep, would butt heads. Until the strongest one is left standing, he then gets the mate of his choice, and at times they hit so hard that the permanent head injury can occur. Sometimes even death would occur in extreme cases. The shepherd now anoints their head with oil. Notice with me here, it says in verse number 5, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. This reduces the friction, the force, the trauma of a direct hit on the head from a charging ram. And if the ram is also anointed, he cannot do the damage once he could. You begin to think about the fighting amongst each other sometimes. And the shepherds will begin to, to separate the sheep from amongst each other. Why? To make sure that they're not fighting. Can I encourage you within our local body and, and what, what God is doing in Gateway Baptist Church, I believe I've talked to many of you in the spirit of our church is peace. You know what Satan desires to do? Break up that peace. 
to cause issues, to cause division, to cause some, some fighting and, uh, and division within the church. And he'll do it just by this statement right here. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. If we, he can get us to take our eyes off of the shepherd and our eyes on ourselves, then that's exactly what he'll do. Oftentimes, whenever we've taken our eyes off of the Lord and we begin to blame our circumstances for our actions, we begin to blame everything about what's going on and so-and-so's got this and so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so said this, oftentimes we've taken our eyes off of him because we're only focusing on ourselves. Can I encourage you? As we go back to 2020 and 2019 and 2018, as we've emphasized this for some years now, keep looking on Jesus. You know, the themes that we take as a church, we've taken the theme given. And I pray that those things that we emphasize each and every single year, that they don't just be something that you say, okay, for 2022, we're going to emphasize being given to the Lord. But that through your own personal life, you would come to the realization that in Scripture, you would find yourself finding the biblical passages and the examples of people that were truly given, not just for a season, but for eternity. Not just people that were looking unto Jesus just occasionally, but always. And one of the things as a shepherd begins to deal with his sheep, he desires that his sheep would always keep their eyes on him as well. And we're going to get into this later on, but there's an occasional time where a sheep will wander off. Shepherd goes and gets that sheep. Can I encourage you, don't be that sheep that wanders off. You say, well, so-and-so hurt my feelings. Well, don't blame God for that. Stay faithful to the Lord. Be given to God. Notice with me the first two verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Next week, we'll continue walking forward in this passage of Scripture. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And we begin to continue seeing all that he is doing concerning the guiding and the shepherding of the sheep. Can I encourage you this evening? Maybe you've come here this evening and you really just haven't, haven't really thought on this passage of Scripture and dug into the pastor scripture in Psalm 23, and you've taken for granted maybe those first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. It's not just five words that you say, oh, yeah, the Lord's my shepherd. No, no, no. There's so much more to the shepherding the sheep that we don't realize until we dig deeper and deeper. Can I encourage you to thank the Lord that he is a wonderful shepherd? Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and, Lord, your grace in our own lives. Lord, I thank you for being such a wonderful shepherd. And, Lord, as you guide us and direct us, Lord, May you have preeminence. Lord, help us to feed on the word of God and have full stomachs on the word of God. Lord, help us to understand that you'll take care of the parasites and the insects in our lives and those things that, that we really don't need to give attention to. Lord, help us to realize, Lord, that you would protect us from the wolves out there. And, Lord, you'll always have your eyes upon us. And, Lord, help us not to bicker against each other and with each other. Lord, protect us from all those things. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I pray that you would help us to rejoice in the simple fact that you're a personal shepherd this evening. Help us, Lord, to be a thankful people. Guide us, direct us, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray.